You're listening to Own Your Voice, a podcast dedicated to helping leaders leverage their expertise and increase their influence. This show is brought to you by Heritage Brands, the leading advisory firm for expert leaders like you who are ready to own their voice. To learn more, visit heritagebrands.com. Well, Derek Suboy, welcome to Own Your Voice. It's nice to have you today, man. Thanks a lot, Franklin. Excited to be here. So you and I um, have known each other for quite some time now, and we've spent a lot of time in recent weeks and months talking together. Um, the thing that kind of blew me away when I realized that you know I had access to this guy in my network who made funnels and made um kind of entire systems of paid traffic generation traffic direction specifically for experts and sellers of expert services and coaches and personal brand driven businesses i just thought oh my gosh this is exactly aligned with what we do at heritage brands what we're thinking about um, and as you and I have started to work on some different strategic work together over the last few months, I've seen that that very much checks out. So, um, I guess let me shut up and let's let you kind of describe who you are, what you do. Um, you don't have to go all the way back to Florida necessarily, but just, you know, <laughs> kind of what you're doing right now is so interesting to me. And in the half hour or so that we're going to talk today, I want to try to give listeners as much of a high level overview of that. I want to walk through some different common objections that people might kind of run into. I want to talk through who you're best positioned to serve. And I want to keep all this kind of under that heading of the monetization of influence. You know, at Heritage, we talk a lot about platforming, uh, platforming yourself, uh, leveraging your expertise to grow your influence, grow your digital visibility. You, out of everybody in our sort of professional coalition of channel partners, you are one of the most kind of thoughtful, um, experienced people when it comes to monetizing that expertise. So I really want to lean into that piece of it today. So take it away, Derek. Tell us more about you. Great. Thanks a lot for that intro, Franklin. So my name is Derek Suboy, and I run a company called Rediscover Digital. We're a direct response marketing agency that specialize in paid traffic and funnels. We primarily work with coaches, experts, thought leaders, and um, can't really think of another way to identify them, but you know, people who have some sort of sense of influence, they've, they've, they write books, they speak at events, they lead teams, they teach people. You know, uh, those are a lot of our kind of core clientele. And the funny thing about what we do is we essentially buy attention. That's a lot of what we do in the paid ads land is we, we, spend other, we spend our clients' money to buy attention and ultimately buy that attention to get people to buy their products and services. So you can think of it a little bit like I spend money to make money for my clients. So already I've got a couple of questions jumping to my mind. If somebody is going to work with you, if somebody is going to try to, because you know, I talk to people all the time and they're thinking, you know, hey, I'm, I'm writing a book right now, or I've just finished a book, or, you know, I want to put myself out there more. I want to own my voice. Um, I mean, can somebody start 
working with you without already having like a massive organic following? I mean, is there a way, I mean, many of our clients have the financial capacity to sort of pay to play, to skip ahead to the front of the line. Is that possible or do you need to already have kind of that large organic following to be able to use paid to sell more of your thinking, more of your expertise, more of your services, et cetera? It's an awesome question. So to be honest with you, paid is really cool because you can essentially buy your way to the front of the line. You know, the main thing I love about paid is the vast majority of our clients usually come to us with um, either they're currently doing like a one-to-one service where they service one client at a time, you know, and they're looking to expand or grow into a one-to-many opportunity. Um, or there may be somebody that's got some small organic following of some kind and they're looking to grow exponentially a lot faster. Maybe they have some resources that they could invest to do so. Um, I would say the most ideal fit for somebody when it comes to paid traffic is just simply having, you know, a proven or validated offer of some kind. You know, you've sold your product or service to people in the past. Uh, you've been able to make money from it, but you really just simply need some extra gasoline to pour onto the fire. That's really a good way to think about paid ads. You know, paid ads isn't like a silver bullet to save your business or something, right? You need to have something that's already validated or good to start with. And then paid ads is a great like uh, exacerbator or uh, accelerant to that in which you've already got some sort of micro or small level of success. So when you talk about you're already selling something, Mm -hmm. um, does it have to be a product? I think you mentioned services. I mean, or is it, is it, give us some examples of just kind of amongst your, your very lengthy list of, of client experience. What were some of the practical examples of, of things that, you know, people either were selling or started selling once they started working with you to accelerate that? Yeah. So, um, I've been doing paid ads for over 10 years now and I've seen, you know, everything from like bands, for example, that want to move music to, you know, big businesses that want to move very expensive coaching and training products, many of which can be in the uh, five figures and up uh, category. And when so, I, I just got to interrupt you for a second, because when I mm-hmm. hear like coaching and training products, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I kind of see some of that like seedy underbelly of the internet. And I just think like, okay, snake oil, here we go. Oh, I yeah. mean, are you, have you ever worked with like, I don't know, like a, a more kind of, I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but kind of a white collar corporate entity that's doing training that's not meant to be bought by the guy in his basement who's trying to be a millionaire next week, right? But it's actually being bought by, you know, another professional services company that says like, oh, we've been needing to figure out compliance in this area. And, you know, here's a a training course taught by a, you know, Ivy League professor on this type of thing. You know what I mean? I just oh yeah, help us understand like the the the, the different difference. layers in all this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the the internet has obviously brought about a lot of opportunity for people, and almost anyone can, of course, go on the internet and create a course or a product or even an ebook or something these days, and can put themselves out there as an expert. We see that a lot, of course, in the paid ad space. You know, that's one of the big reasons why I mentioned course, like a proven product of some kind, some sort of success, some sort of validation. We don't work with just anybody. 
that has the money to work with us for sure. You know, we want to work with people that have some sort of proven product process, something that is validatable, you know, to your point and to give you a bit more of a context, like in a B2B sense, you know, we've worked with many companies that have um, some sort of training process, or maybe they have some sort of training um, or framework that they provide for like, say, sales training or corporate sales training, or maybe they've created a, a SaaS product or an application that helps an organization save time, or uh, maybe it eliminates a arduous or antiquated process, right? And you need to sell a course to teach people how to use the product or teach a framework or provide some sort of group coaching experience that would normally be a one-to-one type of service and help them go from one-to-one to one-to-many, which becomes exponentially more profitable because you're able to serve, say, 10 clients for every one. You know, those are some better examples of like more B2B contexts and more B2B frameworks that we work through with some of our clients. I'd say the vast majority of our businesses are definitely more in that B2B sort of space with some of them being in the B2C space. Um, we've done a lot in e-commerce, for example, which is heavily B2C, of course. And then more coaching, training products and stuff for us are more B2B. So selling to real estate agents, for example, that's a very popular segment of category where you can find a lot of experts, coaches, uh, trainings, guides, and things like that. The investing space, of course, is another one. Financial services being another one as well for B2B and B2C uh, in some cases too. Hmm. That's interesting. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing real estate. I'm hearing financial services. I'm hearing training. I'm hearing coaching. All of this makes sense. What would you say to the person out there who you know, they've got something to say. They have friends asking them, Hey, can I pick your brain about X? You know, they, they believe that they have kind of a valuable message or a valuable process or system or whatever. But like, as of right now, they're either not monetizing that at all. And it's just like, yeah, I'll have coffee with anybody that asks me or they're monetizing it in sort of a well, I'll sell you like my hours, right? Like you can retain an attorney for a period of hours to help you with X. I mean, what is it that they need to do before they're ready to work with you, if anything? Yeah, so a really common example of, say, someone being at that place where they're kind of one-to-one opportunities or maybe they're providing their services on a bit more of a one-to-one, but they don't have like a predictable lead generation system or they don't have like a consistent pipeline, for example, this would be a great use case for paid ads because what you could do, let's use the example of say an expert, right? You have an expertise, say you have a framework and you have a core avatar of business owners that you help serve. This person, in my opinion, should create what we call a lead magnet or some sort of guide, an ebook, you know, some sort of piece of collateral that they can put out there with a paid ad and say, hey, my name's Derek Suboy. I'm an expert at running Facebook ads, and I want to give away my five-step Facebook ads framework. You can get it for free. Just download it from the link below. I would run a paid ad for myself, maybe spend $10, $20 per day. You don't need to spend... That's another misconception. People think you have to spend 
thousands of dollars on paid ads to get any sort of result. That's not true. If you actually you know, even look at any of the other trainings or anything I've ever said in the past about paid ads, I've been a huge proponent of like low ad spends, low budgets, especially for smaller people or smaller guys getting started. You know, you can start out at a five or $10 per day budget, you know, and validate an idea and see if you can generate some leads or even some appointments for yourself before spending any kind of big money or, you know, committing to hiring an agency or even going through any of that process. Setting up Facebook ads, for example, is quite easy to do these days. And, you know, I think anybody really that has any sort of business acumen can easily set up a, a campaign themselves, you know, put it on a super small budget, 10 to $20 per day. And I'd say, you know, in B2B sales, you know, from like accounts and things that we do, I'd say a cost per call is going to be probably anywhere from like maybe 50 to a hundred bucks, depending on, you know, a lot of variables. But I always kind of like to operate on like a hundred dollar test where maybe I'll spend a hundred dollars total, $20 over five days or $10 over 10 days and see if I can get a sale from it. See if I can get an appointment. And if that goes well, then I know to keep it going. If it doesn't, then you know, obviously it's a small amount of money, but then I could maybe uh, further iterate on my idea or maybe try a different angle on my idea and continue to work myself towards success. That's one of the reasons I love paid ads is it's very like data driven, right? So it's, it's very, you spent X and you made X or, you know, you spent X, this number of people saw it and you didn't get anything. So it's like, oh man, a thousand people in my industry saw that ad or let's just say I have a real estate investing book that I want to get out to people. Well, when I target real estate investors and I put out the ad of me talking about my book, I don't get any sales. Well, that shouldn't mean that your book isn't great. People have yet to read the book. It just means the way that you talk about it and the way you're presenting it to people may not be as good as you may think it was. <laughs> mm, right, right. So this is interesting because um, this is, you know, to stay in that vein of, attacking maybe some of the preconceptions that I, for example, I know that I have, um, you know, you and your business, I know that, that you and your agency, you have some digital products that you sell. You do have an online vault of training that people can buy access to. Um, I know you do have some of those things, but correct me if I'm wrong. None of those things are the real moneymaker for rediscover digital, what you guys see as your primary uh, revenue driver is services work and it's high end white collar, highly expert services work around creating a certain um, digital. It's not really a product. It's just, it's almost like being a website developer, right? Like that's what you guys do for clients. And so I think it's interesting that you use paid ads as, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have a sales team. You don't have a sales staff, right? You don't have a salesperson. You're looking at the sales team right here. <laughs> so, and you have inbound people self-identifying, hey, Derek, I'm interested. I want to talk to you more about this, right? Yes. And they're coming I, from your ads. Yes. They're coming directly from our own ads campaigns. And yes, we could monetize a course model with rediscover if we wanted. Um, I've done that in the past. I've sold thousands of courses around Facebook advertising specifically, uh, as well as several others around digital marketing uh, specifically. And 
you can do quite well just simply selling courses. But the reason we don't do that now is because selling courses doesn't give us the same level of satisfaction or the same sense of satisfaction as actually getting involved in a project, getting our hands dirty. And what I've learned over the years is like, you know, there's hundreds, if not thousands of opportunities out there and businesses and, and opportunities to, to do business. And for me at this point in my career, you know, we really want to try to help as many people as we can on that lower end. I mean, I don't feel great about charging exorbitant fees and not helping the client. Like at the end of the day, the client making, you know, creating success and getting to where they want to go is what makes us happy. And what we've found is that we serve a certain caliber of client best because we do need a certain level of resources to truthfully be able to do things to the extent that we're able to you know, maximize on a managed service side. And to be honest, I've been in the agency space for quite some time and I'm very aware of how you know, the majority of agencies aren't really all that great. So a lot of times what I tell people that may not qualify or may not be an ideal fit for us to work directly together is that Hey, you know, we have some trainings and some courses that are super easy to follow, very short. I mean, I think all the material combined is less than like a couple hours for everything. <laughs> you know, it's not to try to make money per se, but it's really more to give people the tools they need, uh, which we often give away the vault for free. If you ever see me speak at an event or if I ever just give value or go to do an event, I'm giving it for the vault away for free or whatever I have for free. Just because again, we don't want to necessarily make money off of people at that level, I'd rather give you the tools to maybe get some results for yourself and, and work your way up to where that might become an opportunity that then may make sense to work on in that sense. So what I'm hearing there is if you are trying to play wisely, right, and, and build a professional services firm that sells expert services, B2B, you can use paid advertising, smart paid advertising as a way to make yourself more visible to those people out there that are looking for what you do. Because that's the whole idea of paid ads, right? I mean, I, I think if I'm, if I'm understanding this right, when you do paid ads, we're talking about sort of two buckets and it's the meta world of Facebook and Instagram and then it's yep. Google. Is that right? It's those two buckets? That's right for us. There are more buckets out there, but we found that those are the two biggest and most profitable buckets for most of the clients that we've worked with over the years. And Meta puts advertising in front of people based on who those people are, sort of demographically, psychographically, et cetera. But Google is putting ads in front of people based on what they are self-identifying that in that moment they're looking for. Am I, yes. am I drawing a correct distinction there? I would say yes, but but it's really interesting because this model, our model, this world is ever evolving and changing, right? Google definitely had a lot more like, I would say defined like variables for people and they still do. You can target income uh, brackets and, and a lot of other things, which you can also do on Facebook, but they don't work quite as well. But all the platforms these days, I think are almost equally good at data collection. And the crazy part, this is going to definitely probably <laughs> turn some people, <laughs> interestingly enough, but Facebook and Google, you know, just by simply being logged in, like some people think that Facebook only sees what you do on Facebook, but fa Facebook sees, 
every single thing you do on your device. It sees all of it. It hears everything you say. So it's, I know that sounds again, like real creepy, real big brothery. Um, and I'm not here to like scare anybody in that sense or change anybody's mind about using these platforms, but the platforms know more about you than you think they do. They know more about you than you know about yourself. And it's going to continue to get even better and better and better in that sense. And I've just, I'm just blown away that we can have a conversation about any particular type of product that I know ads are running for. And that product will start to show up in your Facebook feed. I, I try it sometime. I mean, yeah. Franklin, you and I, we did this a few weeks ago, but anyone else may be watching this, you know, try to talk about a product that you know is being advertised somewhere, like maybe Nike shoes, right? And now that I'm talking about that, you may see that in your feed now. And when you see that, you can remember this, this video and me talking about it. You're listening to Own Your Voice, a podcast dedicated to helping leaders leverage expertise and increase influence. If you're finding this show helpful, please help us by subscribing, leaving us a review, and sharing this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. And I, I guess one of the things that I'm thinking about, um, you know, from a less uh, big brother perspective, but more from, I'm still, I'm in that avatar that I know is sort of our key avatar, the, the groups that we're looking to educate and serve and help. I think there's a lot of overlap with the groups that you're looking to serve and help. And if I am running, I'm actually thinking of a real heritage brands client right now. Um, Chris, if you're listening, you'll know I'm talking about you. But um, we've got a great client. It's a um, software consulting agency, highly expert, very niche. They help Fortune 500 companies with enterprise marketing management, software, onboarding, user adoption, training, lifecycle management, etc. So this isn't a software company per se in the sense that they don't make software but they are a highly boutique entity helping train these giant companies and their marketing teams on how to get sort of all of the juice out of these platforms and programs once they invest in them uh, an earlier version of me would have thought i don't know if there's any world where you know somebody who um, is an expert in, you know, funnels or paid traffic funnels would make sense for them. But what's interesting about, let's go back to that meta bucket and the Google bucket. Meta is putting ads in front of people as they use those products. Google is putting ads, and this is a gross oversimplification. I know there's lots of different ways that they serve advertising to people, yep. but Google is putting ads in front of people when those people are looking for something. And so if you are that smart software consulting firm owner and you have this niche lane, this niche service, this niche thing that you do, it strikes me that it's a big missed opportunity if you're not making sure that you're putting your value prop right at the top of a user's search journey. If they go searching for something like... um how to implement enterprise marketing planning software in a financial services company. That's a long tail search, we would call it, right? There's yep. a lot of words in there. It's a highly specific niche thing. 
But I'll bet you there's a couple dozen people, at least a hundred people, a couple hundred people looking for stuff in that general neighborhood on a monthly basis. So I'll kind of stop. I'm kind of thinking this through out loud as I talk, but like, let's tease this out. Like, is this a entity that would make sense to work with you? Or is this kind of like a bridge too far and like, nah, that's not really it. So I would say this one would be, would be interesting because, you know, you'd be putting out ads, let's say to Google, which are going to be intent based, right? And then Facebook is going to be less intent based. It's getting better about that actually with their in-market audiences. Um, But Facebook, as you mentioned, is not necessarily intent based. You'd be shocked. I mean, you already know they are (laughs) Franklin, but you know, some of the numbers and sales numbers and sort of quality and caliber of people that come from Facebook, because that's often a misconception that I think a lot of people have is comparing like the quality of Google to the quality of Facebook. And I mean, being someone that spent millions of dollars across both, it's like, surprisingly, especially these days, I feel like Facebook has been producing a better quality lately. That's a 2023 uh, August currently at this point in time, which last year I would have not said the same thing. So and that's what I mean by it's dynamic and changing all the time. Now, here's the big key difference. This is what's going to help someone decide where their budget should go or how it should be spent. Facebook is like running an electric bill. Facebook is the type of platform where you're going to want to put something out there. It's going to run you know, for a period of time. And you're going to want to maintain as much as you can some consistency around you know, your spends, maintain some consistency around like what's kind of going on in the account, and ideally approach it from a bit more of like a, you know, week by week, month by month sort of approach. You know, that's really going to be more Facebook style for you. Whereas Google, Google will tell you that it should be something similar, which fundamentally, yes. But with some interesting products like this software uh, consulting firm, for example, idea, I, I think something like that would benefit a lot more from kind of similar to sort of how like we run ads, for example, we're kind of doing a bit more sniping, as I would say, where I'm bidding specifically on keywords that I really want to see. I'm filtering them by income because I'm selling higher ticket services. I'm filtering them by, you know, audience and by a lot of other factors. So by the time that they are seeing the click, I can ensure at least a few things. Number one, I know exactly what has triggered the search. So I know for a fact what they're looking at to make sure that they're congruent with my offer. I know financially they've pre-qualified to at least Google's standard of being able to identify them in the top 10 or 20% of income income earners in the United States. That's who I'd ideally like to work with. Um, We're not cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then audience-wise, like whether or not they're going to be at a big company, a smaller company, whether they're in market for web design services, there's actually an in-market audience for advertising services, right? So I use that one a good bit, obviously. Um, there's a web design one too, which I use for funnels, right? Google has an audience likely for what you sell. That's the other thing too. So, you know, if you sell um, services around selling annuities or setting up annuities for people, you know, there's literally an audience on Google for people that are literally looking for that. And you can have your ads show up based on those keywords. You can choose as well, like how much you're willing to spend, how much you want to even spend at any given point in time. And we've seen with certain, and this is where things kind of get a little bit weird with like, say like hiring us per se and our management fee, which would need to be 
much less than the money that you would make from the ads, of course, considering the ad spend too. Um, so like real estate agents, for example, is a great example of that. Like they'll spend maybe $300 on ads on Facebook, generate say a hundred leads to get one to two closings, you know, $300 for a closing at the end of the day is, is massive. It's awesome. Right? Yep. Or if you want to factor in like a management fee on top of that, which maybe let's just say even, uh, 1.5 K total, like all in plus $300 in ad spend. I'm not saying that's my price, but just saying, let's say that was the case. Hmm. $1,800 to get a closing. Obviously, depending on where you live, that's pretty good, mm. <laughs> you know? Um, so with Google, you know, you can do a similar thing where if you sell higher ticket services or a client is worth a lot more to you, let's say it takes, um, you know, a few clicks or a few hundred dollars to get uh, a few appointments. And then out of those few appointments, you close one project. Well, if the project's worth five grand or 10 grand or, you know, somewhere in that range, I mean, you're, you're doing pretty good. Right. <laughs> Even if it was like, $2,000. If you spent two to $300 to make the 2000, depending on your margins and what you're doing, that, that could be pretty good. And it could be something that's low and slow where maybe you get an extra one to two sales per month, right? And maybe that's good enough for you. Uh, you can keep a minimal ad budget that way and uh, kind of manage it. You know, someone that's doing something like that, or that has something like that in place to where they're like currently generating business from paid ads, they're able to like bring in something from it. And they're looking to like, generate more or they're looking to, you know, take this to from level one to level two kind of thing. Those are definitely like our most sort of ideal fits because it's much easier for me to come into something that's already validated, already getting some sort of result and then make it that much better as opposed to creating something from scratch, putting it out there, validating it only to find maybe that we need to make some tweaks, edit shifts. You know, the timelines on that stuff can be quite long and it can get a bit expensive depending on you know how long it takes to get to that converting offer and to get to the numbers that we know something can produce once it's done properly. Hmm. That's fascinating. So we've talked a lot about paid. Let me switch just real quick um, and talk about um, not just paid advertising, but organic content, right? That tends to be, I mean, as you know, Heritage, we really deal predominantly in strategy. And then we try to find the hubs that come off of that, that internal or the spokes that come off of that hub, if you will, you're one of those spokes, as you know. Um, so I don't want to invalidate the other spokes on the wheel. So knowing you to be an expert broadly in all of this, even though we're talking about this one highly niche thing that you have become an extraordinary expert in. And by the way, there's a side note here for anyone out there trying to become an expert, right? If you want to be able to raise your rates, raise your fees, work with a higher caliber of clientele, you've got to narrow your positioning. That's just extraordinarily important. You've got to narrow your focus. You've got to learn how to pattern match more regularly amongst a small subset of the overall marketplace. And once you do that, you can be like you just were, Derek, right? Oh, this month, this is what this tiny little sub niche of the ads world is looking like. But 12 months ago, I would have told you something different. I mean, I'm in this world too, and I never would have known that or been able to articulate that. So let's talk for a second, just if you can even zoom above who you are as Rediscover, um, what are some of those other spokes that come off the hub? I mean, what's the role of of SEO? What's the role of of content creation, content publishing? 
you know, our podcast relevant is writing relevant, our books relevant, maybe speak oh, to digital courses a little bit, right? Just all yeah. these things, right? How does it all interplay together when we're talking about the ecosystem? So yes. And it's, it's so funny as a paid ads, man, of course, um, I'm usually always, um, not necessarily positioning myself against these sort of other channels and other things a lot of the times. But the reality is everything is helping itself. Like SEO is its own lane. Paid ads is its own lane. You know, you need to have the content, of course, to even do paid ads, which comes from the content creation, right? And I'll say it like this. You know, there's been many a clients and I'd say our core clientele, you know, typically have some sort of leg of something already working well for them. Right? They've either got built a massive following organically, or they've got a big email list they've built up over years, or they've you know, got some sort of other channel that's been working for them, a book that they've been pushing for a period of time, or they have some sort of course that they're known for. You know, there's, those are the things that, again, like we work best with those types of clients where they've achieved something like that in the past through another meme. You know, either they've maybe had previous success from other paid ads campaigns, or they're just crushing it on the organic side. And to be honest, the way a full fledged, like ideal, you know, I'd say like maybe a customer, cause we don't really stop working with clients in most cases. Like you don't just stop paying your paid ads bill. <laughs> right? Yeah. So for us, I'd say like, once we've kind of maximized paid ads for a client and selfishly, if that's like our focus for them, you know, ultimately we try to help push them into other avenues, like getting into SEO. SEO is a much, you know, it's a lot shorter of a play these days, right? SEO isn't what it used to be back back in the day, um, which I don't even know if I'm qualified to even say that. Yeah. Right? Thank you, Chad GPT. <laughs> but um, SEO has gotten a lot more, um, I think, ROI driven and allowed people to also kind of hyper focus on niches and take over even niches with content marketing, which has been very prevalent. Social media marketing, huge these days. And to be honest, the cool thing I love about uh, socials and I like about organic is organic and ads can have a massively lucrative interplay together. And I've done this on several projects, especially with experts. It works the best with experts. And this is kind of a little bit of a framework I'll just drop here that uh, anybody listening can just pick up for themselves. This will be like my million dollar strategy that you can do basically on your own with no need for anyone else. And you can probably make some pretty decent money doing this. Um, all you need to do is start to build your Facebook following if you haven't already, right? If you're an expert, coach, creative, anything, you should be putting out content. Franklin, I'm sure you can speak to this probably pretty good too, right? Put out content, showcase your expertise. One really popular strategy is, and it's not as popular as it was because more people are doing it these days, but it's still very lucrative and popular. And this translates to ads super well, is to get out your phone record a Facebook live. And I know that might sound stressful. Some people get so stressed out when it's a live thing, but Facebook and all other platforms will hyper prioritize live and previously live content as opposed to content that's simply just posted or syndicated. Syndicated content's the worst because you want it to be posted ideally native to the platform to get the most opportunity and juice out of it. Um, then, you take your organic content, and it works really well if you have multiple pieces of organic content even. You find what videos have resonated the most with your following, with your audience, or just, and even if your audience is like 10 people, 
great. Like, which video has the most views? This one has seven views. This one has two views. Okay, go with the one that has seven to start with, right? Boost the post. And that might sound crazy. Boost the post. Set it five to ten dollar a day budget. Set up a CTA. Make sure there's a call to action in your ad video or in your content video. You know, you're going to provide some value and then a call to action. Hey, if you found this helpful, go to DerekSubway.com and click on my contact form and just send me an email and let's talk about maybe working together, right? That'd be my call to action. And if you can get even one person to do that, say at a $5 or $10 per day budget, you know, that's going to give you a lot more opportunity, traction, and allow you to continue to spend $5, $10 per day generating more and more opportunities. If it doesn't work out with that one ad, try another one. Try another one and just keep going. I think almost anyone listening to this can afford to spend 5 to $10 a day in ad spend on a business card, right? Hmm. And I, I like what you're saying about you know Facebook Live. I, I do think it's a good point. You know, the platforms are programmed to want to reward the content that's produced and published natively within them. Yes. If, if, if we're talking about somebody who's maybe more in that category of, you know, they own a small professional services firm, right? Maybe it's a, it's an attorney. Um, I'm always constantly amazed. I mean, you know, millennials born 1980 and, and newer, you and I both fall into that category. Um, Hey, listen, those people are almost 44 now, right? Um, I mean, you and I are like, we're in our thirties now, right? It's, it's, yeah, um, man. we're, we're, we're becoming, and, and I've written about this pretty extensively um, over on the website at Heritage Brands. Forrester's done research. Um, Wall Street Journal has quoted that research. Millennials are now the largest buying segment in corporate America. So when you look at buyers of services, buyers of software, buyers of anything in corporate America, the, that group is composed majority of millennials. Millennials are pre-programmed to want to go do their own research before they ever reach out and talk to a salesperson, before they ever make a buying decision. We want to read the reviews. We want to get everything off Amazon. We want to go hit Google long before we actually, you know, flip open the Rolodex that none of us have and twiddle our fingers until we find that person we used to work with three states away and 10 years ago and say, you know, hey, who was that law firm we used? You know, like now we're going to go hit the internet. and. Um, so bringing it That's back to my question, I'm just thinking about, you know, if you're a 40-something owner of a law firm, there is a better than not chance that if you want that law firm to be as successful as it could be, you need to be aware of your digital footprint. You need to be aware of your executive visibility, your digital visibility. If you don't have any, that's actually a pretty hard mark against your credibility, right? People start to think, is this guy legit? Like, is this gal legit? Um, so I bring all this back to your kind of million dollar formula here because I want to respect what you said about keeping it platform native. But I also want to think, you know, if you are that busy attorney, work's going pretty well, but you want it to go better. We all want it to go better. Um you know, is there a way to have your cake and eat it too? I mean, is there a mm -hmm. way to say, you know what, maybe I don't need to hop on Facebook Live all the time, but maybe I want to start um, a thoughtful series of conversations with legal leaders in my community, in my state. I want to create a place for me to have those high value conversations. But instead of it just happening, you know, behind the scenes in my office, I want to actually record it. I want to actually put it out there. I want to 
share my thought leadership with the world, da da, a podcast. So I know this starts to get to syndication, which you said can be kind of tricky in some cases. Um, but as we start to kind of wrap here, do you have a comment on just content creation broadly? Is is there a strategy for that? I mean, what's a guy or gal to do, right? This world's getting more complicated. You know, what do you advise your clients on? If it's not just going to be, hey, run ads with Derek, what else do our listeners need to be thinking about? Yeah. So to piggyback off of that and to clarify the syndication piece, I would just say like using like a lazy auto posting tool and like running like that content that you're going to spend the time to make look nice on Facebook and then just auto post it to everything else and not oh put God, any yes. effort into it. That's what I mean by syndicating. Yes. That specifically. Heard obviously and agreed. <laughs> yes. So yes, obviously you should definitely, let's say you did that Facebook live, you should download the video, which you can download right from Facebook. It allows you to download the live and then you can upload that same video you just did to the other platforms, but do it do it within the platform or I'm not sure of any good tools out there that do syndication natively. I'm sure they exist. You probably have some more info on that sort of side of things, Franklin. But honestly, I would say, you know, validating, you know, your offers and, you know, just really making content, you know, to bring it back home at the end of the day, like the first ad video that you run is not necessarily going to be the, you know, the million dollar ad that you think it's going to be. You're going to need to, you know, practice a couple of times, run some stuff and, and actually put yourself out there and experience, you know, a little bit of failure so that you can find the thing that is going to work. That's oftentimes when I meet people, they have yet to put themselves out there. That's a lot of times what I see is they just simply haven't tried and haven't taken that first sort of step to identify these things. And, you know, that's something that we can do together and you can pay to go through that process if you'd like. But I'm just telling people now that you could go through that process right now, starting today for very minimal investment, five to $10 maybe per day, you know, on that, you know, and you can of course test uh, Facebook with that. I've seen Facebook work for 99% of offers in the past. I've yet to really find something that couldn't work on Facebook in some sort of capacity. You know, obviously the volume piece of it can become difficult, but you know, if Facebook ends up only being able to generate you an extra like couple opportunities per month because maybe you have a hyper localized service offering or maybe your budget's too small starting out, then that's fine. As long as you're able to make, you know, that much more from your stuff um, and then eventually be able to invest it back into a higher ad spend at some point. We got a wrap, but I really want to have you back on. Can we have you back on again another time to talk about all the things we didn't talk about? Funnels, self-liquidating oh, offers, monetizing influence. Yes, yes. So you'll come back on. Oh, yeah. I definitely will come back on for you. Awesome. Definitely. Awesome. I just felt like I had to get it on camera to make it real. Hey, listen, Derek, thank <laughs> you. How do we follow you? How do we get in touch with you? Um, you can just Google my name, Derek Suboy. Um, probably find me all over the place. I do have a home website, DerekSuboy.com. And my email, Derek at DerekSuboy.com if you ever want to reach out and find me on socials. And that is D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-D-E-R-E-K-